Hi there, I'm Dr. Paula McDonald, and I welcome you to my podcast, Live Today. It's here that together we'll explore the concept of balance as God designed it to be for us, His children. Balance of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And it's what I've named Theosynthesis. And it's here, waiting for you. Hello, everyone. And we are officially out of the deep freeze here in Texas. I am so glad. And so last week, I know my sound quality was a bit affected because so many weird systems in my home broke. And we are putting ourselves back together and hopefully it sounds better this week. So today I'm excited to tackle the topic. It's a big topic too, of who is God? I mean, that's a huge question. And so have you really ever asked that who is God in your life? I bet almost all of us have, because it's a really important question that we really need to dive into and discuss. And as I was writing my book, Live Today, the Theosynthesis book, it was important for me to right off the bat define who was the God that I was referring to in my book. And as we all know, there are many varied definitions of who God is. And so for those who listen to this podcast, it really is important to define him as he is the focal point of my life and in my messages and in my work. But I can tell you from my personal experience, my faith in a loving creator, God, has brought me through some extreme challenges and, of course, heartaches. And additionally, I've spent the past 25 plus years immersing myself into really knowing who God is. And I found this in his word, the scriptures. And when I mention the scriptures, I really have done a very deep dive into the Bible. I study this all-important book line by line, scripture by scripture, and chapter by chapter. And I'm certainly not saying this to impress you, but rather to share that I, I love digging into his word and studying deeply what these scriptures mean. What is the origin of different words? It's just opened it up to me like none other. But where it really all started for me was attending a Bible study fellowship class. If you've never heard of it, if you go to biblestudyfellowship.org, it is an international Bible study that reaches hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. And it's a method that is so well taught that teaches you to systematically go through the word. So if you're interested in studying like that, go look them up. There's probably a class near you. There's online classes as well. But also I teach my own Bible study classes on Sunday nights and I do open it up to Zoom if you're interested in that. And it is a really great group of people. Just go to my website, drpaulamcdonald.com and click on connect and let me know you're interested in joining our Bible study. So the more I dug into the word, the more I wanted to know more. And through this intense scriptural dive, I found my way to a master's and a doctoral degree in Christian theology. And yes, many call me a nerd or a study geek. And I can for sure say that, yes, I am both of these. I am a self-professed research addict. 
And I always laugh and say, well, I have been called a lot worse. (laughs) So back to the topic of who is God. As I've studied the Bible, the God that I'm referring to is the one and only true God. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God of the universe who created all things. He alone is the God of the Holy Bible. In fact, as a young student um, going through college in biology, the more I studied, the more I learned about the Bible, the more I recognized how it all points to an all-knowing and perfect creator. We're not just random molecules and cells that happen to arrange together correctly by chance over millions and millions of years. I actually believe this particular theory takes a great deal more faith than believing in an intelligent designer, God. And so in religions around the world, many refer to a supreme being. Humans are wired to seek a higher power. It's as if down within our very core, we were created to seek out God. And because we were designed and wired to know him, deep within our genetic code, I believe this is where God created man with his imprint within our genes. And so therefore, we're wired to know him. But he's an all-knowing and all-loving God that allows us to come to him freely, not wiring us to know him as a robot. I really discuss this topic a lot more in chapter 38 of my book. But as history has shown, there has been so much conflict and bloodshed as a result of man's quest to seek God. Today, we know there's still horrific wars and the main point of controversy centers on religion or God so often. The subject of God has brought appalling tension and strife over the centuries. And why is this? Why would this one subject create such profound and decisive and divisive emotions? Well, science has tried to deny him. World leaders have tried to push him out. Our modern world continues to feel threatened by Christians who claim to know the one true God. Well, Christians have and continue to be martyred all over the world for their belief in Jesus. How is this one gentleman? How has he created so much tension? There is absolutely nowhere in the Bible or any other historical document that that teaches that Jesus was a terrible person. Quite the contrary, in fact, he was known as a humble, loving, and gracious man. How then can there be this much strife over someone, many who claim that he doesn't even exist, or he was not the person that he said he was? Do you know of any other subject which has caused this much confusion, hate, power, and conflict for this long? There has to be something then to this God and to Jesus. And man... We've always desired to know things. We're, we are seekers. We are wired to discover and find things. And inherently, 
it's led us to this wonderful discovery of DNA. And there's nothing wrong with exploring new ways to think, believe, and comprehend. But the problem lies in those who will look into the face of truth, yet still deny its existence simply because they cannot or will not choose to understand it. So just because you don't understand something or you don't choose to understand it does not make it an untruth. Being open to truth is the first step in fully understanding a new view. We may decide to close our minds to something yet it doesn't again cause it to be an untruth. So let's take a look at human emotion like love. There's no scientific test to measure love, yet each one of us has experienced some sort of love in our lives. For most of us, we never really fully understand this crazy concept of love and this experience of love. So therefore, just because we don't understand it does not negate its existence. We all know love exists. We can't touch it or feel it. Well, we can feel it, but we can't see it in a in a way that people expect um, to make the argument about God. So I want to take you to Matthew 22, 37, where it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. And that word mind just jumps out at me. Because God does not want us just to accept things at face value. He wants us to come and ask questions. He wants us to come to him rather than just making a rash decision. Well, he just doesn't exist because I don't believe it. God is wise enough to tell us to use our minds. He wants us to think, evaluate, study, and research. Of course, faith has a lot to do with my beliefs. My hope, along with many amazing experiences, God has allowed me to utilize my mind to discover even more truths about him. A closed mind will never enable one to see God as he intended. What you choose to believe is a personal choice, and God will never force himself on anyone. And so, therefore, faith is really a tough concept. Believing in something we can't touch or see is hard. There are, however, many examples of faith in our everyday lives. As I've stated before, just because something is difficult to understand does not make it untrue. So let's talk about air. Let's use that as an example. We can't see it, but we can certainly see its effects on things around us, such as wind and the breeze on our skin. And science can use special instruments to measure the speed of air and um, thereby understand the properties and characteristics of air. And the first law of physics states that an object will remain at rest or in a steady state of motion unless an external force changes it. So as the wind blows, we do see evidence of this external force to move things. And so in trying to understand God, this is where many simply choose not to believe. Because they can't see him physically, they'll just claim, hey, can't see him, there's no God. And perhaps they cannot feel God, so they deny and dismiss him. There is no special instrument to measure God. 
Therefore, many claim he, he is not real. Well, that same argument is there's no instruments that we can use to measure our love or faith, right? We know love and faith exist, but we can't measure them. So even without scientific instruments or evidence, we understand these forces are viable and real. And so belief in God then should not be just dismissed because it can't be scientifically verified. But isn't that just like man being so pompous and believing that we cannot see or feel something, so therefore it doesn't exist? We are proud beings, and pride is often our biggest stumbling block. Ego causes more people to deny God than anything else. It's a big obstacle. So Blaise Pascal was a French mathematician and philosopher who brilliantly wrote what is called Pascal's Wager. It says this, In order to try to come to the conclusion that God does exist through reason alone, the wise person should live their life as if there is a God. Doing so means that you have everything to gain, like heaven, and nothing to lose. He then goes on to say, on the other side of the coin, if God does not exist, then we haven't lost a thing. And so therefore he wagered saying basically, what have you got to lose by choosing to believe in God? Now that is a thought-provoking wager. Reason alone is not all that makes up the Christian faith. The root of the Christian faith is faith alone and acceptance in Christ, who died for our sins. Belief and faith go hand in hand. And the Apostle Paul taught us in Romans 1, 19 through 20, that knowing God is evidence to all so that we as humans are without excuse. And he says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. You see that? Did you catch that? God's invisible qualities? He does have many qualities and attributes that will never be seen, and yet we know them to be true. Just as human beings have character traits we cannot see, such as thoughts, emotions, love, feelings, we still know they exist. So knowing and understanding God, it's a lifelong adventure. He is available to all who seek him with an open heart and an open mind. And he chooses, though, to not force his way into our lives. But he has provided a way to know him through his beautiful act of grace with Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. But we cannot earn this grace. It's merely a gift. And if you're one of those who really has a difficult time with this concept, I urge you to honestly and openly search the scriptures and ask God for his guidance. I believe through the study of the Bible with an open heart, you will soon understand and be awed by the concept of who God is in your life. 
God created and wired us with a deep desire to seek him out. And if you're truly honest with yourself, deep down, you are searching for more. Your inner being longingly seeks to know and understand him at a deeper level. Why not give him an open door to your heart? We serve a mighty and patient God. He loves each of us and he so awaits for our our arrival to come to him on our own. So if you are still seeking to truly know God in your life, it's never too late. His arms are open wide and he simply asks you to lay aside your own self-agenda and your ego, accept his son Jesus and come to him humbly. You all, I would so love to hear from you. You can find me on my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. Just click on the tab that says Connect with Paula. Tell me who you are and introduce yourself. So I am praying that you will find God in a new and personal and deeper way today. And as always, may you fully live today. Thank you for joining me, friends. My prayer for you is that you would seek to live today and every day in balance and in abundant connection with God. Hello again on our Ask Dr. Paula segment. Our question today is from someone who asks, Dr. Paula, how do I overcome self-loathing and self-doubt? Wow. This is an important question that I know so many people deal with for an entire lifetime. Far too often, all of us are way hard on ourselves. And if we're really honest, we are probably harder on ourselves than we are on others, right? Why is this? So let me start by saying this. I do not take this question lightly at all and I don't want my response to sound canned. And what I mean is, when we disregard our self-worth, it is damaging on so many levels. As I recovered from the loss of a 21-year marriage, I went through an intense time of self-destructive self-talk. I questioned why my husband cheated on me, and I actually began blaming myself. And this cycle of negativity towards my own self began a downward spiral into a terrible pit of self-loathing, which was not fun. The only thing, you guys, that pulled me out of this pit was God, reaching his hand down to me and helping to pull me out. But I had to reach back and grab that hand. And I had to reach the point that I knew I could not pick myself up on my own. My rescue had to begin with God. When we try and do everything on our own, eventually we will fail. He is there and is waiting for us to just call out for him. So friend, if you're caught up in a destructive self-hate, self-esteem low point, and you believe yourself to be unworthy, take heart, you're not alone. Find a good Bible-believing church. Find a solid group of friends that you trust. Seek out a Bible study to dig into God's Word 
and go to God right now and lay your hurts at His feet. Never for a moment believe that you are not worthy. You are a beautiful person and God never makes mistakes. I pray that you will seek Him like never before. Thank you for your questions. I love to hear them. So until next time, are you fully living today?